I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I, as usual, am your host, Liam, or at the FSA tweets on Twitter. And as usual, I am joined by my co-host, Rich, at Dynasty Island on Twitter. Rich, we had an exciting weekend, but we won't get into that just yet. How are you doing? How's your week been since we last spoke? Very good. Very good. It is, in, in case anybody in the world didn't realise, the UK is hot today. Um, the the joys of living on the south coast. I think I'm, uh, you know, I'm only about thirty two degrees. I think I guess potentially got up to about forty. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm feeling hot, but perhaps not as as hot as others around the country. <laughs> so uh, let's bring Nathan in. Nathan was one of the um, unlucky fellas like myself that were in the heart of the UK, absolutely roasting and like rich getting a sea breeze. Uh, we had to put up with city temperatures of, I think it was about 40 degrees Celsius. Now, I'm sure that someone in America is rolling their eyes thinking, oh, these Brits, that's nothing. But to us, this is the hottest it's ever been. It's record-breaking temperatures. So Nathan at uh, MountainDrew92 on Twitter, one of our five-yard dynasty writers and has his own show. He's one of one of the podcast hosts for the Across the Pond RW podcast. Um Nathan, how are you doing, buddy? 
Yeah, thanks, Liam. Um, yeah, all good. Obviously, it's been uh, it's been a hot one, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll move on from talking about it now. But you know, it's been uh, it's been a good weekend, sort of. Uh, I think, as you mentioned at the start of the show, the the, the whole UK FFC weekend was was a good one to see everyone, and uh, and the start of the week has just been a bit of a burner and a bit of a scorcher. But no, it's been uh, all, all's good this side. Yeah. So uh, for any new listeners. Um, that haven't heard me and Rich bang on about it every so often for the past few months. Uh, the UK FFC is a an idea that myself, Rich, and a, a few others within Five Yard had uh, to bring the UK fantasy football community together. It Basically, if you know about the Fantasy Football Expo, it was an expo that we did in the UK. Um, but we had our very first one on Saturday that was, I think we had 65, 70 people in attendance, which is brilliant for the first one in the UK, considering it's not a mainstream sport, I suppose. Um, but Rich, it went really well. We saw a lot of faces that we have just talked to on Twitter, WhatsApp groups, etc. Um, and we've already started planning next year's event 24 hours after, which is crazy. Um how did you feel the event went? Because honestly, I thought it was much better than we ever planned it to be. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I think, you know, it was first of all, it was great just to meet people, isn't it? As you said, there's it feels like I've got some great friends that I've never met, which is slightly uh strange way to be, but was was just fantastic. F- flowed really well, really happy with um everything that came and you know, raised over two thousand pounds for charity, which was which was incredible. What about you, Nathan? How how did you feel it went from your side? Yeah, no, it it was um it was great to as as you say put sort of names to faces and and see people. It was all, it almost felt like coming out of those first sort of original COVID lockdowns where you've been speaking to everyone at work and you've been sort of conversing with everyone sort of over social media and on on computer laptops etc. And uh, and then for such a long time to actually see people in in the flesh and sort of have a chat, it was it was great. And 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 as you say, it, it it's good to see how open and and connected that community really is and i think as you say we we, we scratched on the surface with with 50 60 70 people in attendance I, I think i like to be optimistic and i think the only way is up really but it was yeah it was a great day out Absolutely. yeah the other thing as well is i've only just realized that all of the five yard dynasty writers were there i'm pretty sure we said it before the event but all <laughs> the five yard dynasty writers were there apart from emerson who is based in the u.s um, we're trying poor to get him over to the part, UK. Poor effort on his part, really. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emerson, if you're listening, UKFFC 23 is going to uh, include you. But that's enough UKFFC talk. We've been five minutes of introducing and just chit chat. So today, what we're going to be doing is looking at the 2020 draft class and the 2021 draft class. So that is the Joe Burrow uh, tour, Justin Herbert class, and the Trevor Lawrence. Um, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson uh, draft classes, and we're going to draft them together. And the way that we're going to do this is Nathan's going to have the first pick, I'm going to have the second, Rich is going to have the third, and we're going to go in a snake format, so Rich will get a double on the turn. And we're going to have to fill a roster, so it's not just kind of like a rookie draft where you just draft for the best player available. We are filling the roster of one quarterback position, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex spot, and a super flex spot. So it may be a little bit different than what you would expect from rookie drafts, but Rich, this is your baby, this is your idea. 
I'm excited to see how this goes because I have a feeling that we might see one or two shocks and surprises during this. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a little bit intrigued. I've been thinking all day, I'll be honest. I'm thinking, do I just go best player available or do I try and like outthink the two of you and try and come up with the best team? So maybe maybe what we could do is we could put the three teams out on Twitter and uh, and let Twitter yes. decide who's got the best team afterwards. So uh yeah, should we should we, should we let you I thought as you're the guest, Nathan, you can have the first pick. So uh <laughs> if you want to kick us off. Yeah, look, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Rich. Um, if, if, if I'm brutally honest, I think the first pick is actually probably the worst here because it's such a, uh, I think, a very healthy uh, years and, and there's such good quality there. Um, I, I have toyed and toed and froed and sort of decided what position I want to go here uh, because there's some real elite players at, at the top of each position. Um, but I think I'm going to throw the first slight it's not necessarily a spanner, but I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts as the one. No! Um, <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement. Oh, there, so I was going to take Kyle it Pitts. Was, <laughs> I, just, um, I just looked at the positions and, and, and to me, the shallowest was tight end. Look, I'm obviously, I'm obviously giving you, I don't want to give away too much. Everyone. I'm giving you both a bit of freedom now to wait on tight end and go other positions. But the reality was I just felt I had to get Pitts because, um, Look, don't get me wrong. There's some other really good tight ends there, but they're still, to me, developmental players as opposed to Pitts, who I believe is a is a pretty close, not finished article. There's still a lot of room there, but um, he's still producing at that that high level already. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was, go, I was going Pitts. I was hoping that he'd make it to me. I thought if I, <laughs> if I can grab, grab Pitts, then uh, I'm sort of tight. Have you got any concerns about, are we overhyping Pitts too much, Nathan? Do you think... You know, yes, he had a fantastic rookie season. He's the highest drafted tight end prospect ever. Do you think we're almost crowning him before he's uh, he's achieved that real fancy stardom? Look, it's it's difficult to say. I, I think. Um... Look, I, th- I think he, in terms of the quarterback transition, I think that's probably the biggest question mark I feel around Pitts right now. You're going from Matty Ryan, who, who's an absolute experienced veteran uh, for a long career. Now you're going to sort of a hybrid situation where it seems like Mariota is the starter who hasn't actually started a full season the last couple of seasons, or you've got a rookie with Desmond Ritter. Um I think also sort of the slight turmoil with, with Kelvin Ridley's suspension. There are not many competitors for targets in my opinion um and if you do look at what cal Pitts' rookie year uh, what over a thousand receiving yards and i think it was only one sort of uh receiving touchdown um i stand to be corrected but to me there's a lot of there's a lot more upside on the touchdown side of things and even if he has let's say 200 yards less uh receiving which depending on, on on the quarterback throwing to him, I think there's the upside on the tight end, uh, oh, sorry, on the touchdown side. So I, I do think they're question marks, but look, we're talking about a, a sophomore second-year player. I, I think he's, on that team, he's their number one receiver. Um, and that's just sort of what, what, what made me rest at ease slightly going with them at 101. I'm sure it's a, a little bit of a, a, I suppose a bit in saying that, me and Rich were there for the first touchdown. I don't know whether you were there for the uh, London Just game. Just rubbing this in, don't you, Liam? Because it was against the Jets. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was. Um, I I missed the Pitts one, but I was there for uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence's first uh, first win uh, at the Spurs Stadium for the Jacksonville Jags. 
So moving on to my pick, the second pick in the draft, I'm going to go Justin uh, Justin Herbert. So I wanted Kyle Pitts at this pick. I wasn't kind of expecting the um, the snipe with the first pick. Rich is probably kicking himself now for giving the guest uh, <laughs> giving the guest the first pick. But yeah, I'm going to go Justin Herbert. So um, for me. I'm going to give away a bit of my strategy for the rest of this draft, but there's two clear quarterbacks above the rest, in my opinion, and that is um, Burrow and Herbert. Now, I wanted to grab one of them here, and if Rich wants to running back, is fine by me or double other positions, but I have a feeling that if I left both of them on the board, Rich would be sitting pretty with Herbert and Burrow. Uh, Can't let that happen. Um, so Justin Herbert for me, it's more on Justin Herbert specifically. So that um, receiving room hasn't really changed. Jared Cook has left at the tight end position and I've got um, Gerald Everett, which to me doesn't really change much for him. I don't think there's going to be much of a change in terms of Justin Herbert's play uh, because of that move. You've got Mike Williams just signed a big contract. Um, I believe it was two to three years rich. Um, I know it's three years in general, but I think he can be cut after two for a good saving. Then um, Keenan Allen's still there. Um, Eckler's still there for another good year. So to me, Herbert, at the moment, I wouldn't be drafting him where he's going. I saw him going 101 in redraft uh, charity leagues over the past week or so, but um in this situation, I like Herbert over Burrow very slightly. So Herbert's my pick. What do you think of that, Nathan? Yeah, I I, I was tossing up the whole day whether to sort of go Herbert or whether to go Pitts. And um and 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 this was the one sort of real doubt I had was with going with Titan at the 101 was I know both Herbert and Burrow aren't going to be there for me at the 100 well sorry the 203 um so look I've had to take the gamble and I'll I'll see if it pays off for me down the line but no I, I think Herbert was definitely the the number two player although there's to me there's not too much between him and Burrow nice. I'm very similar I've got Herbert at in, currently in Dynasty, I've got him as my wide, uh, my quarterback four and then Borrow at my quarterback six, and I don't see there's much of a difference there. Um, Rich, where do you fall on Herbert? Because at the moment, people are anointing him as the, the next truly elite, elite quarterback. Um, I personally am a bit more sceptical on it, but where where do you sit on Herbert? I mean, I think I think the guy's incredible. I think the the velocity and the arm speed that he has and the ability to whip the ball... The way he does it at the height he is, is quite frankly obscene. Um, he's, I've seen a lot of people that he's jumped up into that top tier of, of quarterbacks. For me, he's, he's still in that second tier with Lamar and Kyler. Um, I'd still have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes ahead of him. I'm very excited about what he's going to be. I think he really could be incredible, but I just think that I almost want to see it just a little bit more before I anoint him in that, that top tier with, along with Allen and Mahomes. Who are you going here for the, your uh, first round pick and second round pick on the on the turn? So I'm so I'm, well. First, first of all, I'm just going to say Joe Burrow. I think there's there's two like uber elite quarterbacks in this these two draft classes. Um, you know, as you've talked about, I wanted to grab one of them. I think if I didn't grab Joe Burrow here and you were able to start Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, I'd quite frankly, never forgive myself. Um, <laughs> I think 
as a dynasty community, perhaps we we we've overhyped Joe Burrow a little bit. I think talk of him being in that top five is a little bit rich for me, if I'm being honest. I think I'd, you know, he's my QB six. I still very much see him in that that Dak tier rather than that Lamar, Kyler, Justin Herbert tier. Um, are, are you with me, Nathan? You're sort of nodding your head there. Do you think he's he's not quite super elite yet? Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I think, look, Mahomes is is Mahomes, and 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 if he's not winning a Super Bowl, he's not having a good year, and and that's what people are sort of sort of that's what they're judging him on. They, they're judging him with that, those elite standards, and and you look at Peter Burrow for getting a team to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen still has yet to do that, although he's producing at those levels. Um, yeah, I think I think Herbert needs to to get get a team to the playoff. If 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 we are looking at fantasy reasons yes there's every there's every reason there to say he's he's on his way to being in that top tier um but i i, I agree i think i think he's he's just a maybe a, another good season away from being classified as in the top three that's my sort of sort of feel as well yeah no absolutely and then my my second pick so i did think about you know the way i'd have it ranked i'd i've got justin jefferson ahead of this guy but um, I wanted to try and grab the stack, so I'm going to go with Jamal Chase <laughs> at the 201. Tom would be pleased. Yeah, to, to stack him with Joe Burrow. Um, it's, it's, it's a toss-up between Justin Jefferson and Jamal Chase. I haven't backed back in my rankings. They are exactly equal in terms of my trade values. Um, so I'm, I, I'm delighted with either of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to lean Jamal Chase just to get that stack. I think... He's he's one of the best prospects we've seen coming out of college. Yes, we only had one one year of of good tape, but he showed that you know a year off and that one year of tape didn't mean anything. He's he's an absolute you know freak. I do think we're going to see a slight regression to the mean in terms of he had an obscene amount of long touchdowns, and I think we're probably going to see that. But I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some uh, some target volume tick up slightly. So Nathan, how do you feel about Chase? Because at the moment I have Jefferson above Chase as well. Although I can understand the stacking um, element to this and trying to cozy up to Tom Strachan a little <laughs> bit, but how do you feel about this move? I I think it, I yeah I t- I tend to sort of I see stacking as very relevant in sort of baseball leagues and and those leagues where you are looking for for boom bust t- type of offenses. I think. I'm assuming, and and you must correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm trying to sort of look from a when I look at dynasty, I do also want to diversify as well to a certain extent. And look, if, if player for player and like for like, I, I can't I can't really separate Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I think they're both elite. Had had I personally gone. Joe Burrow, I probably would have wanted to diversify just as sort of a saving grace. But again, this is just individual preferences as opposed to what is right and what is wrong. Um, but to compare the two players, look, he had an unbelievable rookie year. You can't deny that sort of Jefferson to a certain extent. I think, I think Jefferson, it's going to come down to if Burrow keeps improving and if there's any regression really in Kirk Cousins and and how that sort of new offense with the, with the new coach there in Minnesota is going to be. But look, I, I I'm I'm very high on both, and for dynasty reasons, they they're pretty up there in the in the top three wide receivers, if not the top two dynasty wide receivers. So um, I'm going to stop the Justin 
um, Jefferson talk here because <laughs> that's going to have to wait an extra pick. I am going to take uh, Jonathan Taylor. So um, I was quite surprised that Rich left Jonathan Taylor on the board. But when we're thinking about dynasty, I know that Rich likes his wide receivers early and grabs his running backs later on. Um, maybe gets that one of one of those running backs early, but I know that he prefers to uh, grab a lot of them later. So I'll take the Jonathan Taylor pick here. Um, the first running back off the board in basically every startup there there is going at the moment. If there is someone that has taken jo- a, a running back over Jonathan Taylor, I'd like to see that draft. Um, but he he is unquestionably the dynasty wide receiver uh, quarterback. Why am I getting these positions mixed up, guys? This is the <laughs> second week in a row I've done this. It's Running hot. back one. So. Yeah, blame the heat. Blame yeah. the heat. Yeah, blame the heat. Don't listen to last week's show where I did the same thing. Um, so, yeah, he's the unquestioned running back one, in my opinion, a tier of his own. Um, I do think that there is another running back in this class, or maybe even two, that could be creeping up into that tier next year if they have another really good season. Um, but... Yeah, uh, to me, Jonathan Taylor is the unquestioned running back one. And it really was a toss up between Taylor and Jefferson for me here. Uh, Nathan, how how do you feel about Jonathan Taylor here over Justin Jefferson, as we've just spoken about? Um, look, for, for me, it was sort of, uh, I, I was pretty happy with either scenario, really. You've basically <laughs> made the decision for me because yeah. I'll definitely be taking Justin Jefferson next. Um, I, I was... If I'm honest, I was expecting you to go Jefferson, just sort of possibly sort of the, the the PPR scoring might have been something that you factored in. Look, JT is is off the back of last year. He's expected to be the RB1. So so it's it's really there's no real room for for mistakes here for him. Um I think the volume will still be there. I think with Matt Ryan as quarterback with sort of a level head. Um, I, I I can't see him anything other than an injury stopping him from being RB1. Um, I don't think the pro- production is going to fall away. Um, I do like JT at that at that uh, pick at the 202. But as as sort of mentioned, I, I on the turn here at 203 to 301. I was I'll go Justin Jefferson now that he's on the board, which I'm pretty happy to get um, uh, at at the 203. And then on the turn, I am going to go for running back Najee Harris uh, at the Steelers. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. Do you want to? Do you guys want to sort of discuss <laughs> Jefferson and and well, Harris? Or I think we've just we... discussed Jefferson enough. Um, I don't know whether you wanted to add anything, Rich. If not, no, not move on to Najee straight away. Yeah. So yes. yeah. And... So move maybe, on to Najee. So with Najee, I just think it's it's pure volume. It's pure. Um, I, I I sort of you were hesitant at the start because because he was he wasn't really sort of receiving back when when he came out of college and everyone had a few questions, but he took the workload on his back and 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 he sort of he he, he pound and ground. And the reality to me is I think that's not going to change in, in Pittsburgh with with the new quarterback. Uh, I think Tomlin does sort of he he likes his heavy workload running backs as well. Um, I think look there are a few other running backs for me to consider here, but I I just feel Najee's a little bit safer. Maybe there's a little bit less on his legs, and and I do think I do like Mike Tomlin. 
Um, I do think he's a well-organized coach. He gets the best out of a lot out of out of the Steelers. He's got the best out of them for for quite a long period of time now. Um, so I'm I'm pretty happy to to get Najee at the at the start of the third at the three hundred one. Yeah, Rich. Um, I mean, Najee was one of the guys that I referred to earlier of maybe being able to creep into the the tier with jo- Jonathan Taylor if they have another great season. Do you feel that same way? I'm, I'll be honest, I'm concerned about the offensive line. I think the the volume's great, and I think that offense, everybody's talking about potential step back at the quarterback position, but I don't know if anybody watched Ben Roethlisberger last year, but I think I'd be an upgrade over Big Ben last year. He was <laughs> horrific. Um but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line. It was horrific last year and they didn't really do much to help it. Yes, they signed a couple of pieces, but they're, they're pretty average in terms of their replacements. So I, I am concerned about the offensive line. I think that Najee last year produced and performed well, but it was off the back of, as you pointed out, Nathan, that, that high volume. And if we see that volume start to slip, if we see the offense take a step back... That that could really hurt him. So um I like him. You know, he's he's still my RB3 in terms of dynasty. It sounds like I'm hating on the guy. Um, but yeah, I think there's um there's some question marks certainly there. It it comes back to it's it's Jonathan Taylor and then a bunch of question marks, isn't it? I think I think we talked about it probably four or five months ago, Liam, that running back two, running back three are some of the hardest positions to yeah. uh recover on the uh thing. Yeah, I, I agree that, uh, as you said, we've spoken about it before, the RB2, 3, and probably you're looking at 4, maybe even into RB5 range in Dynasty at the moment is kind of a wish-wash between whoever you kind of want at that tier. It, it, there's there's not a set chalk kind of uh, list that there is for quarterbacks near enough. Nathan, um just going to you quickly, do you feel that Najee is the solid running back two in Dynasty at the moment? Or are you kind of on the same train as us? As There's a bit of a discrepancy that you could kind of see any of the, the three or four guys in that range being able to be the RB2. Yeah, I, I do think there is a, there is a chunk of three, four running backs here who, who could all put up their hand and say they are the RB2 in Dynasty. Um Obviously, we won't get in, into too many of them now because I'm sure they'll go off the board soon. But I, <laughs> but I, but I do think they're about th- three or four that that I would say could could put their hand up. I just I just feel that that Naji, I just have more faith in Mike Tomlin as opposed to some of the other coaches that 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 uh, some of those RBs are on. And 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 I do feel that the volume there's. I feel that they they will be a predominantly run first team, even though they've got such an exceptional wide receiving group. Well, when I say exceptional, I do need to sort of tone that down. They, they just have a, have more depth at, at receiver than some other teams. Um, but I I I, th- I think they're one or two others. But uh, but I'm pretty happy to to stick with Najee. Yeah. So I'm gonna head over with my 302, and I'm gonna take just uh, take CD Lamb. Sorry. I'm not even sorry, Rich. Um, We're no longer he, he's my he's my wide receiver three in dynasty, and if even if that wasn't the case, I would have taken him anyway just to get your reaction. But honestly, CD Lamb for me, clear uh, wide receiver three. I've got AJ Brown just behind him, but yeah, I, he's he's going to be the number one guy in that offense now. Um, 
Dak Prescott should be getting back to 100% fully trusting that ankle and becoming the guy that he should have been last year. He, he kind of looked to be at the end of last season as well. He looked to get that confidence back. Now, um, we've heard enough from Rich about C.D. Lamb for the past two seasons plus. So, um, Nathan, what do you? how do you feel about C.D. Lamb? Because I know that some people think that wide receiver three in Dynasty is probably a little bit too high for him. I yeah, if if I'm honest, I think wide receiver three is is his ceiling because I, I I don't I don't see him outperforming Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. So if you if you're willing to take CD Lamb and say, look, the best I'm going to get out of him is wide wide receiver three this year, next year, and the years coming up, then I I think he does have a chance of achieving that. But but on the same end, I think. I think the sort of working in tandem with Amari Cooper last year when when they were sort of a fit bear working as a one and a two helped him quite a bit. And he was sort of, uh, he was still sort of growing and, and there wasn't that much tape on him. I think this year, him being the, the clear number one receiver, which you could argue was last year already. But I think this year, he's going to get a lot more double coverage. He's going to be uh, really sort of pressured into performing for his points. And look, the Cowboys, they're going to have to throw it. I'm, I think the the combination of Elliott and Pollard, I do like Tony Pollard, and I do like sort of uh, the opportunity there and 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 the RB sort of handcuff. But I do feel they're going to need to keep up with teams um, and and passing the ball. So there could be volume there, but. Me personally, I'm buying sort of the wide receiver two and wide receiver wide receiver three options in the Dallas team as opposed as opposed to CD. I think, as I said, I think I think wide receiver three is a ceiling as opposed to what you should expect. If that makes sense. See, I think I I'm more concerned, shall I say, about the the secondary receiving options in Dallas. I think Dalton Schultz is I think is a competent tight end. I think he'll have properly a good year. I think Michael Gallup's not fully fit. Are we going to see him at the beginning of the season? Is question mark. I know there's a lot of hype around Jalen Tolbert at the moment, but to me, he's he's a deep threat. He's a speed option. I don't think he's going to be a volume play. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, this isn't a prediction, but I wouldn't be shocked if CeeDee Lamb led the leading targets this year. I think that the Dallas offense is going to run through CeeDee Lamb, and I think that he's good enough to command that volume and, and work with it. And I think there's potential that he could be incredible this year but as Liam said you've heard about me I'll talk about CD Lamb <laughs> um, so my pick so this is the 303 and then the 401 so the 303 I'm going to take my running back two um, who, the, the the player who I have ahead of Najee and it's Jondre Swift I think that that Detroit offense is underrated I think that there's a lot of talk about Detroit being a bit of a joke franchise and I think that actually what Dan Campbell's building, I think the guys are buying into it. And I think I'm starting to really like the, the weapons they're putting together. You know, they're going to have an elite offensive line. They've got book and tackles. They've got a very good centre. They've got uh, a, an above average tight end in Hawkinson. You've now got some complementary receivers. You've got your big prototypical X in DJ Chark. You've got your speed option in Jameson Williams. You've got your your slot option in Amaros and Brown. And then you've got DeAndre Swift that, to me, is a completely movable weapon in that offense. And I think that the knock on DeAndre Swift at the moment is that he's in a bad offense. But I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case this season, I definitely don't think it's going to be the case a year or two years down the line. 
because they're probably going to get an elite quarterback in there in next off season, and uh, suddenly everyone will be really excited about him again. Yeah, I like I like that. I think um, it would have been a toss up between DeAndre Swift and Najee if I had to pick a running back. Um, but I felt like I needed to take a wide receiver with my last pick, so that's why I went Lamb. Um, but really, um, Nathan, how do you feel about Swift? Because I've seen a lot of um, people on Twitter saying that he could be the next Alvin Kamara-like guy or something along those lines and really hyping him up. And then I've also seen the complete opposite side of people being completely out of Swift. Um, where do you fall on Swift at the moment? Look, I'm I am high on Swift. Uh, Swift, similar to Rich, or I wouldn't say similar to Rich because Rich has him above Naji. I have him on par with Naji, maybe maybe a fraction below Naji, um, but it's it's very much up there as as your sort of uh, dynasty RB two, RB three type range. Um, I, I like Swift. The Kamara sort of um, comparisons, I like that. As obviously as a Saints fan, as a big Elvin Kamara fan. I can see that, but to me, in order for DeAndre Swift to to evolve into that Kamara player, I think they need another running back then to carry the heavy the heavy legs. You need your Mark Ingram for the first year or two just to sort of plow the line while it opens up and frees up Kamara to really sort of find his legs. Look, DeAndre Swift can actually do both. The reality is he he can do both sides of that. He can run through. He can hit hit your 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 lines and your reads as well as receive incredibly well. Um, yeah, I I, I think DeAndre Swift's an incredibly good and safe pick there, and 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 I I, I do like him as as a dynasty piece. So, um, Rich, who is going to be your four row one at the moment? So I'll be honest, this is the point at which in the draft where I don't particularly want to be drafting because I've got like four guys that are all in a tier and I I know whichever one I pick, I'd, I'd be happy with any four of them, but I kind of have to pick one. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't particularly like taking my QB2 whilst, whilst there's some good value and, and there's some good options on the board, but I think he's the player that I think has got probably the most upside of anyone left. Um, I still think he is that elite talent that everybody was talking about this time last year. And I truly believe that, you know, it's almost the reverse of by the time you've got rid of Urban Meyer, I think any any head coach is basically going to see a massive uptick in terms of Trevor Lawrence. So I'm really excited about what he could be this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take him here as my QB too. So do you consider him a little bit of a sneaky buy then? I mean, his price is probably around what um, I don't have the ADP in front of me at the moment. The last time I took DLF ADP, he was running a quarterback 11 off the board. And that was sometime in June. So um, do you consider him a sneaky buy at that point? Because that to me seems about right. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to sit here and say where he's ranked because that's about where I've got him ranked. I think he's my QB 12, QB 11, something like that. In terms of trade value, I'd, I'd happily pay a 23 first and 23 second for him. Um, I still think he's, you know, going to be an elite option. I'd, I'd certainly take him over any of the 2023 quarterbacks that we've not seen yet. So yeah, if, if, if people are getting nervous and looking to move off him, then yeah, he's absolutely a buy, but um I don't think the Trevor Lawrence owner that probably spent the one-on-one 101 on him a year ago is probably ready to cut bait quite yet. 
Nathan, how do you feel about Lawrence? Do you think he's a little bit of a sneaky buy in terms of trade value? Uh, yes, d- definitely. I think I think he he's another one that sort of inherited quite a a high expectation role. Obviously, being being the chosen one, the one hundred and one, um, from the NFL point of view, he obviously was expected to 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 bring things back to back to Jacksonville. But but they obviously had a lot of sort of issues there in the background. But when when you're looking at fantasy value as well. I think he's definitely a buy. I think I think the wide receivers that they've recruited in the in in the off season was a bit of sort of the the, the curtain raised. It was sort of right at the at the start when they signed Kirk to to a decent or a big contract then for what everyone thought Kirk was worth, and then it sort of snowballed effect to 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 the big sort of receiver Kansas City shuffle really. But you've got a situation now where I think a lot of people will be sleeping on Jacksonville again. Um, off the back of not necessarily upgrading too much, they, they they're going more to the trenches as well. I think they're doing better uh, each side of sort of um, of scrimmage. So I think it's a long term buy, but I don't I don't see him being fantasy relevant this year and even next year. I still unless they're going to hopefully get a very low oh sorry a very early draft pick again next year and then hit on maybe a stud receiver. Uh, let's assume Travis Etienne comes back and is that first round quality player that that we hoped he would be before the injury. I I just can't see Trevor Lawrence's value this year, but I think he is a long term buy. Yes. So for my fourth round pick, I'm going to take T Higgins. Um, now here is kind of the point of the draft where I'm tossing up all three positions, not tight end obviously, um, but all three positions. So. I decided to take T Higgins um, because I just think he's the best available on the board right now. Um, I think that quarterback wise, I could wait um, a little bit and still pull out some sort of value there. Um, But I feel if I take T Higgins here, it stops Nathan a little bit. I suppose it's a little bit game theory. It stops Nathan taking T Higgins and someone else and having a solid three wide receiver core. Um, But Nathan, coming over to you. How do you feel about T Higgins? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm again, I'm high on T Higgins. Again, it's, 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 it's the great old debate of, of, of can can a quarterback sustain two elite or wide receiver ones in a fantasy season? And Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Burrow as a combination are, are great to watch every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday. But yeah, I. I think Higgins again is going to be the one missing out. Look, he's an awesome prospect and he's an awesome player, and 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 I can't sort of praise the, the individual enough. But I, I just I think someone's going to be missing out in that offense, and it's not going to be Jamar Chase. Uh, and I think Joe Mixon to me is is going to be a bit more relevant this year as well. I think teams are going to have learned and have seen how the Bengals played this year. They're going to obviously cover Jamar Chase, but they're going to prepare prepare for the pass. And and I think Joe Mixon is due for for a better or possibly even a standout year uh, for him. But look, I do like the player Higgins, um, but he's one I do have slight question marks marks over really. I think for me, I, I I love both Chase and Higgins, but I think that people are forgetting just how good T Higgins was down the stretch. Slightly, I think that there's the gap between. T Higgins and Jamar Chase is a lot closer than I think people want to admit. Um, you know, T Higgins was the wide receiver 
three overall in week 12, wide receiver four overall in week 13, and was the wide receiver, overall wide receiver one in week 16. Um, you know, the guy was an absolute stud down the stretch. And I think that, don't get me wrong, Jamal Chase is incredible, but I think T Higgins is also incredible. And I think that the gap is, I certainly have it closer than the rest of the kind of consensus dynasty community perhaps have it. Nathan, where are you going to go with the, your 403? And then you can take it straight into the 501 and we'll pick out if you want to jump in. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, after that Trevor Lawrence scare uh, with, with, uh, with Rich taking his second quarterback, I think I'm, my hand's slightly forced here to make sure that I take someone of value. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Um, I think in terms of who's left, Look, there's some very talented rookie quarterbacks, um, but I just think Hertz, Hertz has been there. He's done that. He's he he. Look, there are question marks of. Let's hope he keeps the job for for the full season, and let's hope he doesn't sort of fall fall, fall away, but in the wayside. But I think with his legs, the upside with his legs, I think he's um, he is pretty safe there, and he sort of complements my team. Um, T Higgins, I would have loved to have been on the board here as well, but now that Higgins is gone, I'm I'm going to zig a bit and I'm going to go with Javante Williams uh, to double up at RB to pair with uh, Najee Harris. Um, again, this to me is is I'm hoping more for the upside here where. I'm fully aware there's that still that Melvin Gordon shadow lurking in the background there to to, to take possibly red zone uh, rushes and, and and sort of touchdown and volume away from him. Um, but I think whether it's this year or next year, I, I, I think Javante, along with DeAndre Swift um, and along with Najee, are in 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 that sort of tier two just below JT. I think Williams uh, and the way Denver will be, especially with Russell Wilson coming into town, it's going to be interesting to see how that offense is now run. They've obviously got one of the best sort of play action sort of quarterbacks on his feet. And defenses are going to have to set up to to contain Russell Wilson as well as how good he is out of, outside of the pocket. So I think I think that's opportunity for Javante to, to 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 sort of get a bit more volume there as well. And and I and I'm one of those old traditionists. I quite like an RB build in most dynasties and most uh, most fantasy leagues. So I'm happy to get Najee and Javante. Rich, is there anything you want to pick up there? I think for me personally, in terms of this draft, that worked out perfectly because it made my decision on what quarterback I'm going to take after your turn because Rich has got both quarterbacks, so he can't take another one. Um, so a bit of game theory there helps me. And then um, running back, well, I was depend- I was seeing whether you would take a running back or a wide receiver with your, fi- with your fourth or fifth pick if you weren't going to take a quarterback. So... Um, that has made my decision, but Rich, anything on those two before we move on? No, not at all. I was I was a little bit surprised Nathan didn't double dip quarterback because I think there's a big, big drop off after the next one for me. So I was a little bit surprised at that. I love the Jalen Hurts pick. I think that look, if you could guarantee that Jalen Hurts was the quarterback in Philadelphia in 2023 and 2024. I genuinely think Jalen Hurts would be a top six quarterback for me in Dynasty. I think the only the, there's no doubt in the guy's fantasy production and what he's going to put on the field. The only question mark I have is is he going to be the starting quarterback next year? Yeah, and and that's it. Is you know obviously the Eagles made that big trade with the Saints. They've got those two first round picks next year, and 
that's my big concern is that if he doesn't produce, they could quite easily be be a mover in the trade market, whether it be trading up to get a rookie or trading to acquire the next Russell Wilson that, that becomes unhappy. Um, so, the, yeah, the that, only thing that's my only concern on Hurts. The only thing I would say, I mean, I am concerned about that as well, but Hurts is in the best situation that he could possibly yeah. be in now that he's got AJ Brown there. De- uh, Devonta Smith is going to be in his second year. Um, I do think that they have somewhat improved that offensive line this year. And that um, Nick Sirianni as the head coach going into his second year is going to help that offense kind of breathe a bit because it felt like they were relying on the run game, which wasn't brilliant a lot during the season. So I think that that offense can take a step forward and has made the moves to take a step forward. So even though, yes, I've got those concerns that Rich has, I also think that that offense can take a step forward. But he is one of the most polarizing uh, especially quarterback um, players at the moment in the dynasty community. Rich, is there anything you wanted to add on Javante before we move on? Because I am excited for no. my pick. No, move on. <laughs> Make your pick. Yeah, so um, I was expecting, if T Higgins was up, I was expecting um, Nathan to take T Higgins and my next pick, which is going to be Michael Pittman. Um I've got them back to back in my rankings, even though they're a, they're a tier apart. Um, so I've got Higgins at wide receiver 13 and then Pittman at 14. Um, but as I said, they're, they're a tier apart at the moment. To me, taking Pittman here is as a flex spot, I think it is one of the best flex spots I could have picked um, looking at what's left on the board. So um, I won't dive too much into it. I think Ryan's an upgrade from Wentz. Um, so with Alec Pierce coming in, whether he's actually going to do anything is something else. But I just think that gives the passing game an extra weapon and their defence then has to think about it as well. And Paris Campbell might be back, surprisingly. We, we No one knows. Keep, but um, Keep believing. Keep believing. <laughs> but to me, that just brings out a bit of a... Um, that just brings out a bit of a, a, a suppose, extra step for that offense to take, um, especially with the much better quarterback and all these reports about um, Ryan being accurate. Now, how do you feel about that then, Nathan? Because I've just seen Rich's picks and I know that it could be a bit con- controversial in terms of who is still left on the board, um, especially knowing that someone is probably screaming at their phone in their car or however they're listening to this saying that I forgot someone when I know that I haven't. No, I think, um, look, I think I, I, I'm a big fan of Michael Pittman. Um, I I was tossing and, and sort of uh, trying to work out where I should go and whether I should go receiver. But yeah, as I sort of said earlier, I, I'm sort of a, a traditional star hard with running backs. And obviously sometimes it doesn't work out with the injuries, but um yeah, look, you obviously move forward now and, and I've got Pitts as my second wide receiver anyway. So, Rich, you feel free to go on Pittman. If you don't want to, you can go through straight to your picks. No, I love Pittman. Um, he's someone that I've done a full 180 on this offseason. Um, I didn't particularly love him coming out. I didn't particularly love him after his rookie season. But going back and watching the tape um, this last year, um, I think I've I've perhaps underrated him 
I think he's now up as my wide receiver 10 in terms of my dynasty ranks. Wow. So, yeah, I'm I'm very much all in on Pittman. However, you definitely did take him over the wrong person. Um, and oh, it's another guy that I've, I've done a full 180 on, and that's, that's Jalen Waddle. Um, I think that, I think, that, look, J- Tyreek Hill coming into that offense, it could take away from Jalen Waddle, but I just think that a guy that's as electric as he is with the ball in his hands is going to find volume. Um, so, yeah, he, he's not the top five wide receiver that perhaps he was before the Tyreek Hill trade, but I still think he's he's an elite option. So, yeah, for me to get him here as my wide receiver too, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And then my... Uh, I'm going to try and kind of out-think you here, Liam. So... Obviously, Nathan took carpets 101. To me, there's only one other tight end that is perhaps rosterable um, that I'd be happy with out of these guys. So I'm going to grab that guy here. And I'm going to take take Pat Frymuth as uh, as my 601, the second tight end off the board. I like that move from a game theory point of view. Um although you are predictable because I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> um, so I 100% just completely took him off my board because I knew that I wasn't going to get fry move where I would have wanted him, which would have been with my seventh round pick rather than my sixth. Um, but yeah, I, I think with Waddle, I think those three, the Higgins, Pittman and Waddle are all very similar in terms of dynasty community right now. I'm lower on Waddle than the other two just because... I'm not certain what that offense is going to look like with Hill. I think Hill is going to come in and there is no way that they've just traded as well as paid him a lot of money for Waddle to still be essentially a target leader. I think that Hill is going to come in and do kind of what Waddle did. Um, I'm not saying Waddle is just going to fade into obscurity because I really do think Waddle is going to be a good player. I just don't know whether I'm comfortable taking him above Pittman, who is going to see all those targets. Nathan, where do you fall on the, the Waddle-Pittman scenario at the moment? Look, I, 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 want to, I want to love Waddle. There's something about him that, that I just love for the, for the sport, for the game. I think he's entertaining. But I, I share a very similar opinion to you, Liam. I think there, there, is, there are those question marks around the Dolphins sort of offense. They wouldn't have obviously... Or, you still trade to become a better team. So it's understandable why they went for Tyreek Hill. Look, they, they end up compensation or sorry, they, they tagged uh, Gesicki as well. So to me, Gesicki is also more of a, a receiving option to, for them. Uh, Chase Edmonds is very good on, on a receiving basis as well. You've got uh, Terran Armstead who came up to at least give a bit more sort of protection there to Tua on his more open side on, on obviously the left tackle, assuming they're going to play him in that role like they did in the Saints. Um I again, it's it's question marks over whether Tour can sustain all of this. I I haven't seen enough from Tour to to think that he can make Waddle a, a top twelve wide receiver this year. I think there's enough in him as a player, but it's it's a very different situation from your sort of T Higgins, Jamar Chase, or even maybe your Devonte Smith and, and AJ Brown. I think that's going to be quite an interesting thing because I think I think Waddle and Devonte Smith should be 
on on more of a similar tier where you've got your elite wide receiver one and question marks over your quarterbacks. And I think that battle will be more interesting. Whereas, as you say, if we're going back to the original question with Pittman, I think Pittman's going to be going to be the main target there in Indy for 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 um, for Matt Ryan. So I I've I've got uh, Pittman ahead of Waddle, and and I do have a few question marks over him, but he's also for the game. So do you have anything to say on Frymouth before I make my sixth round pick? No, not not really. I think uh, I'm a big fan of Paddy. Um, I think he's a good player. I think the option's there. So I think uh, I think that was a good pick. But as you say, it's more mind games, isn't it? Yeah, so playing the mind games a little bit more, I'm going to go quarterback here because I notice you don't have a super flex um, choice at the moment. And as Rich said, Uh, He sees a teardrop, and so do I, so I'm taking Trey Lance here. Um, Now, I was a big um, anti-Lance guy last year, not in terms of talent, but in terms of where he was going and in terms of whether he was actually going to play last year. This year, you're hearing reports coming out of camp about arm fatigue and this, that, the other. Jimmy G... He still hasn't been traded even. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for that Jimmy G trade to go through before I go full in on Lance. But I think out of the quarterbacks left on the board, Lance is clear above the others at the moment. Um, Nathan, how do you feel about that Lance pick? And did I snipe you? Um, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, you didn't snipe me. If I'm, if I'm brutally honest, there. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll come, <laughs> I'll come back to because you've sort of made it. So now I can at least leave quarterback right until the end. So I yeah. can now at least try get get two picks in here. Um, and we'll get to quarterback in a bit. I, I like Trey Lance, but again, it's it's another sort of. I'm sure in a month's time, when we're two weeks away from the start of the season, we'll have a lot more answers to these questions. But right now with Jimmy G. Um, this is a guy, again, there were already concerns about Trey Lance before he even was drafted. And even since he's been drafted, great, he's had a year of sitting behind, learning and being coached up. But this guy hasn't hasn't played much competitive football, let alone had time to sort of acclimatize to, to now an NFL uh, role. So I, I think the talent is there. Everyone can see that he has the potential but I think it's a lot to ask of Trey Lance. They sort of, they, it feels like the the sort of fantasy community is expecting sort of a, a breakout second year like Patrick Mahomes or someone. But but the reality is, if you look at Lance at college, he was explosive. But there's not much data. There's not much sort of uh, tangible that that to convince me that I think he's going to be a hit straight away. Rich, do you want to take anything on that, or should we move on? No, I think look the 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 potential of Lance is you know it's basically what we said about Jalen Hurts, isn't it? It's QB one overall is the potential. So yeah, if if he puts it together, there are plenty of question marks. But if he puts it all together, it's incredible. Um, it's it's a hell of a risk because you know as you said, he's not played Division One college. He's not played a a game in in a long time, but. It's tantalising potential, isn't it? So, Nathan, where are you going with this turn? I know you said that um, you're not going to take a quarterback because of a bit of game theory there. There's no need. No one else needs a quarterback, so you can wait. Um, yeah. 
So I and need you currently to, uh, need a wide receiver and a flex. So where you going? Yeah. So wide receiver is, I think it is getting into slightly murky waters here, where there are quite a lot of talented players, and 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 I obviously I don't want to say too much because you two guys are sort of battling out as well for a few players. But the the, the reality, I personally is, don't need wide receiver, so um, okay, it's only rich that you need to hide your your thoughts from. Or I. Th- the thing is, I've got, I've got. The, as I said earlier, there are quite a few that I sort of all packaged together. Um, I'm going to go with Emon Ross and Brown um, as my sort of wide receiver too. I, I, I'm saying this, and I don't feel massively convinced by that. I feel that <laughs> I feel like I have, I have missed a little bit uh, at wide receiver, or at least jeopardized the rest of the build of of my draft today. Um, so I'm taking a few dart throws here. Um, then in terms of my flex position, again, I don't know whether to stay true to myself and go running back here as my flex or to go into that sort of murky undertone of wide receivers. There are a lot of good receivers there that I do like the upside. Mooney, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. I like all those guys in terms of their upside, but I think they're as murky as some of the running backs. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm tossing up between a Cam Akers coming back from an injury and a Rams offense, or I'm tossing up between sort of a J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury in a run-heavy uh, Ravens team. I'm going to go with Cam Akers at running back as my flex. I think the Rams are just going to be a great offense. Look, they lost Robert Woods with injury and transition. Um, but I think I think Cam Akers, let's hope he keeps his, his body in one piece. But I think he's going to, even though there's still your Daryl Hendersons who did well and 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 your other pieces there, I think they they drafted a, a rookie running back as well, uh, Kyron Williams, I think. Um, yes. But I, I think you're in a situation now where I like Akers. I've got him in a few leagues. So I'm going to go with Armin Ross and Brown and Cam Akers in my flex. So Akers for me... Um whittles down the three options that I have uh, for my next pick because I need to take a running back. But I want to come to Amon Ross and Brown because I'm quite surprised you took him over uh, guys like Jerry Judy, uh, Elijah Moore, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, who I have all over him. I mean, I'm not high on um, Amon Ross and Brown. You're probably not going to like my rankings at the moment because I've got him as wide receiver 39. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm just not a fan of Amor Arsene Brown, unfortunately. Which, where do you want to go with this? Because I have three of those players that I just mentioned in my top 24 wide receivers in Dynasty. Is there anyone that you would have taken over? Or do you like the Amor Arsene Brown pick? I, I don't want to give too much away because I've still got two picks that are both going to be I wide receivers. I can't take a wide receiver and nor can they. Oh, okay. So. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's fine then. So, yeah. yeah I, I don't want to. I feel Rich, like I'm driving. You need a running back as well, not two wide receivers. No, I don't need a running back. I thought well, I've that's got what you got down back. on the show sheet. Oh, I've messed up here. All right. Go on. Carry on. Um, I'll sort it. I'll sort I, it. I, I feel like I'm reversing the car after Nathan, over Nathan after you've just driven over him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got like seven receivers that I've got ranked over Amaros and Brown still on the board. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Rashad Bateman, Donnell Mooney, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, um, all over Amaros and Brown. So, yeah, I guess that says that says everything I'd want to say about Aaron Ross and Brown. 
I what think, about um, is there anything? To, oh, sorry. To give, sorry to give myself a little bit of defense here. I think, <laughs> I think, um, w with with a lot of the way that I ended up going with the draft in terms of running back heavy, I sort of need. I, I felt I needed a desperation sort of boom player, and I feel that all those wide receivers that you have mentioned are, in my opinion, on the depth chart in their team. They all not the number one, um, and that's not saying for a fact that. Eamon Ronson Brown is the number one in Detroit. And the reality is there are quite a lot more mouths to feed this season. But I do feel that Eamon Ronson Brown could, has the opportunity to at least break into that wide receiver one role. Jerry Judy is another one where I think it's going to be an interesting competition between him and Cortland Sutton for that sort of uh, wide receiver one role there in Denver. But they've got two awesome running backs in Javante and Melvin Gordon. So it's going to be a hybrid sort of situation there. So that is my little brief defense of Eamon Ross and Brown. I think he can be the wide receiver one on Detroit, let alone on fantasy. We'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> I'm sure we'll need to get you back on to uh, have a proper defense of Eamon Rice and Brown, but we <laughs> yeah. just don't have time, unfortunately. No, exactly. Um, Rich, is there anything you want to say on Cam Akers before I move on to my running back pick? No, obviously we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? So I think, look, if if we what we saw in the playoffs was the real Cam Akers, I think it's probably not gonna not gonna help Nathan's team. But if that was because he came back too early and it was against some fantastic defenses and. You know, this is a guy that was a top three, four dynasty running back before that Achilles injury. So if he can get back to that price, then, you know, 19th player off the board, I think uh, Nathan could be sitting pretty. So, um, again, playing a bit of game theory, Rich does need a running back. So I'm going to take one here um, and leave tight end till last and stay on brand for myself here. Um, I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins now. Looking at June ADP, um, because I haven't been organized enough to get uh, July's ADP out of DLF at the moment. So I've, I I struggle with J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, and um, the guy that I kind of assume you're going to take, Rich, and feel free to um, surprise me when it comes to your pick, which is Travis Etienne, in my opinion. Those three are all kind of in very similar situations. All three missed the, missed a lot of the season last year, if not all of it. Uh, they're coming back from significant um, injuries and they're coming back into roles where they are, again, in my opinion, the clear running back one. The reason I took Dobbins over Etienne here is because Doug Peterson is now the head coach for the Jags and we've seen what Doug Peterson likes to do with his um running back rooms he likes so running back at um running back by committee and i kind of worry especially with the amount of volume that james robinson has had in the past seasons that that's kind of given him a bit of a um edge to try and get more touches where we'd kind of expect travis etienne to have that lead role and the sole role um, and then just to defend jk dobbins a bit i think that in that running offense we've seen that um, Dobbins has been the very efficient guy and to me if I'm picking in this range I don't want any of these running backs if I have to be, uh, unless I have to because they're all kind of risky plays and I don't really know which one to go with Rich is there anything you want to add on Dobbins before you go and pick a uh, pick Etienne or surprise me no not at all I think that um 
you know, we we've, we've seen the injury talk this week. I know he uh, he bit back. Uh, was it was it rap rap sheet or chef? Yeah, I can't remember which rap, one. It's rap sheet, yeah. Yeah. So like a rap sheet, but I don't think rap sheet actually um, reported the original thing. Was it? And it, that that's not important anyway. Yeah, but um, look, I I think that Dobbins is look the, the potential's there. I think we talked about you know Acres, Dobbins, Etienne, all three of them have got ceiling of top five dynasty uh, running back and floor of you know out out of the league in two years. So I think that they're very much boom bust plays. Um, it annoys me, Liam, that you've you've basically talked through every single one of my picks and known exactly who I'm picking. Um, but yes, I, I am going to pick Travis Etienne. Um, I think that, look, for me, this time a year ago, um, Etienne was very close to Najee Harris in terms of how I had them ranked. And as we said, Najee Harris is now the running back three in Dynasty. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if Travis Etienne is, you know, that movable piece. We talked about it with DeAndre Swift, someone that can line up all over the field. And I think he could be absolutely incredible. Um, I disagree with Liam about the um, Doug Peterson usage. I think that probably gets a little bit overblown. Um, I think that look, if if he's the best player on that offense, which outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to be the best player on that offense. I think they're going to want to give him the ball as much as possible. So, Rich, I'm just going to say we play in too many leagues and we talk way too often. That's probably why I know. I will say that you surprised me with the Trevor Lawrence pick. I did think we were going to wait a little bit longer on um, quarterbacks. But um, have you got anything to add on that, Nathan, before Rich goes and talks about his final pick? No, nothing. I, th- I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is... Sorry, Travis Etienne, along with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think you're stacking very well here, Rich. I think uh, <laughs> uh, Tom would be proud, but I think those bye weeks might be a bit, a bit dangerous. Uh, so you'll have to cover them later. Well, yeah, well, there you go. I'm, I'm going to uh, steal, steal your stack from you, Nathan. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to grab the highest ranked wide receiver on my board, um, which is Devonta Smith. Feels slightly painful, I'll be honest, that we've picked 24 players from the 2020 and 2021 draft classes and Elijah Moore's not been picked. That that was that was quite painful for me. But <laughs> I've I've got to be honest, I've got Devonta Smith one spot ahead of Elijah Moore. So uh, I'll take Devonta Smith here, who I think people are writing off because of the AJ Brown acquisition. But to me, I think that's a good thing. I think that, you know, Devonta Smith's still going to see enough volume to eat. And I think that, if he can now play that Z receiver role, he's going to get to line up, you know, off the line of scrimmage an awful lot more. And it's going to free up his release, which is the biggest kind of concern in his game. And I think that, I think that Devon Smith could really thrive as that wide receiver too in Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I I share the share the opinion. Yeah, he he was one that I thought of. He was the one that I was sort of working out with uh, with some brown and um, and I might have a few sleepless nights watching the season. But uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, as long as uh, Smith pr- performs, then Jalen Hurts, my quarterback, will do well. So happy with that. So I'm going to dive in here with my last pick, and surprise, surprise, it is tight end. Um, I'm going to take Cole Komet. So. Um, Albert O was still on the board, Brevin Jordan was still on the board, but to me, commits the highest um, ranked tight end that I've got. Uh, I've got him at 13 at the moment, and I think that he's the one most poised towards a breakout. I mean, 
Fields hasn't got much help in terms of that offense. I think he's going to get the targets and he's shown that he can be good when he gets those targets. Um, there's no one else really in that offense. And unfortunately, um, I mean, I say, unfortunately, I'm a Packers fan and I'm talking about the Bears being terrible. So um, I, I don't think that offense is going to be brilliant, but out of the options available, I, I've got commit over the other two that are still on the board. Rich, anything to add there, Nathan? Anything to add? Or do you want to just move on to Nathan's very last pick and the last pick of the draft? No, let's just move, do everyone a favour and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, sure, well, I, I have to, or I could actually go for a position piece, but I'd be uh, I'd be taking a more an even riskier role if I left some of these quarterbacks um, on the board. Um, <laughs> look, the, the, the options left to me are, to me, it's it's a toss-up with the, I think Tua can break out with Waddle, with these pieces, with Tari Kill now, with a, a better offensive line, Chase Edmonds. Um, or do I think the breakout's going to be had more with the sophomore uh, quarterbacks like your Zach Wilsons or your Justin Fields's, or maybe even your Mac Jones uh, with Devontae Parker now? Who knows? But I am gonna I am gonna stick uh, with the second year quarterbacks, bank on the, the little bit more. Uh, sort of experience. I'm going to stay, or I'm going to pick to, um, and I think Tyreek Hill's going to carry him quite a bit. Hopefully, I think there's going to be a lot of yards off the catch uh, type sort of fantasy um, production, um, and I hope that is enough to sort of keep him in the role. I like, I like having um, your southpaw left arm uh, quarterbacks uh, or left handed uh, in the league, but um, I think yeah, I'm going to stick with with Tua, and that's and that's more because. If I'm honest, I I have I have Wilson slightly over Fields, and it was a bit of a, a toss up of whether I go with Wilson with also the some of the pieces that they've acquired as as Rich said earlier. I like Elijah Moore as well, and and I think Garrett Wilson will add to that depth. Um, and in a sort of a second year uh, rebuild with with the new coach, but, but I think yeah, two is uh, who I'm going to go with there as my super flex. So. Rich, I've got these guys very similarly ranked. Um, I've got Fields at 15, Tour at 16, and Zach Wilson at 17. So to me, it's really a toss-up between any of them. Um, we've, we've heard you speak about Fields before and the, the fact that you don't think that the Bears are setting him up for um, success. So out of Wilson and Tua, which one are you going with, basically, is the question. So I've basically got the four quarterbacks in terms of Wilson, Fields, Jones, and Tua back-to-back in my rankings. I've got them in that order. So I've got Zach Wilson first in, in a tier slightly oh, ahead. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> and then I've got Fields, Matt Jones, and two is actually the fourth out of those four. So, uh, <laughs> again, not not wanting to drive over Nathan uh, with my, my thoughts again. But, yeah, did you want to give us a rundown of the, the rosters? Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get this tweeted out and we'll, we'll let Twitter decide, Nathan. Yeah, so um, I'll start off with my team. I've got Herbert as my quarterback, JT, so Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins as my running backs. I've got three wide receivers. That would be Lamb, Higgins, and then Pittman in the flex. Komet as my tight end, and then Trey Lance as my super flex. Um, Rich, do you want to take your team away, or am I just going straight to yeah, go. You go through them all, and then we'll, we'll go to Nathan for our dynasty tip. <laughs> I'm sure 
the listeners are bored of hearing my voice, but Rich's team, you've got Joe Burrow, um, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Pat Frymuth, and then Devonta Smith and Trevor Lawrence. And then Nathan's team is Jalen Hurts, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Justin Jefferson, Amon Rice Brown, Kyle Pitts, Cam Akers, and Tua Tagovailoa. So um, they will be out on the at five yard dynasty um, account later today. If you're listening live, so that is Tuesday. Um, I'll, I'll tweet them out before I go to bed and then they'll be around for Wednesday and we'll keep the poll up for a good few days. Uh, so those podcast list, podcast listeners can try and get in. Gives um, you an opportunity to and... buy some votes, yeah, Liam. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I, I, My I, team's I the best to... anyway, so I'm not worrying. I need to, I need to give mine sent out to all the the Lions ultras there in Detroit <laughs> and uh, and hopefully it goes viral. <laughs> but Nathan, it's been brilliant having you on. Um, at the end of every episode this off season, we've been trying to get dynasty tips. So give us your dynasty tip for the listeners. Look, I'm I'm obviously this is a biased opinion, which doesn't help the tip, but I think. Um, I would be wary of Michael Thomas, and I think Chris Olave will be the wide receiver one in the <laughs> New Orleans, and I think that he will be a a top, let's say, a, a top sixteen wide receiver in the year. Um, I I entirely endorse this take. Are you try Are you trying to buy Rich's votes in the poll? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I might be. I don't know. I just think the. I think there's something that. Um, Look, I I I I love Michael Thomas and and having watched him for the last five years, but I think um, he really I I just I can't see him coming back at that elite level without Jameis, and I think Chris Olave is going to be given a chance to run riot, hopefully. So, guys, Nathan's tried to buy Rich's vote. Rich, I'm just going to remind you that I've got CD Lamb, so that should be enough to get your vote. Um, I love that me. you guys think that I'm going to vote for anyone else other than my team. <laughs> I'm just trying to convince you. I know it's not going to happen. You're way too competitive to give someone else the vote. But, <laughs> guy, listeners, that's that's everything from to, uh, this week's show. So from me, from Nathan, from Rich, until next time, we'll see you later. See you later, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.